Hello and welcome to the audio summary for the issue dated 9th to the 16th of September. I'm Oda Riska. Coming up, a world report on Iraq with a linked profile and an interview with John Pryor, lead author of a research article on the treatment of premature ejaculation. But first, the cover quote this week is from a public health article by Julio Frank, Mexico's Minister of Health. The quote states, Mexico has assimilated lessons from innovations introduced in many other countries around the world while making its own experiences available to other countries. In the article, Julio Frank outlines the results of the country's six-year project of health system reform. Mexico is a middle-income country with a population of more than 100 million. Like most developing countries, Mexico is simultaneously facing the burden of chronic and infectious disease. Over the past six years, the country has been a global laboratory, if you will, for health system reform, using the best available scientific evidence to address these complex challenges. Special initiatives to address health threats such as malaria, HIV-AIDS, tuberculosis and child mortality are showing results. Cases of malaria have dropped by 60% and six times more people are receiving antiretrovirals. TB mortality has fallen by 30% and Mexico is one of only seven countries on track to reduce child mortality by two-thirds by 2015 in line with the fourth Millennium Development Goal. There has also been a reduction in the proportion of male teenagers who smoke and an increase in the use of mammography. Analysis in 2000 revealed that many Mexican families suffered catastrophic expenditure or were forced to live below the poverty line because of the cost of health care and medicines. To address this problem, a popular health insurance scheme was introduced. So far, this has made it possible for roughly 22 million mainly poor Mexicans to access publicly subsidized health care and is on track for achieving universal coverage by 2010. This article is published in the run-up to the International Conference on Evidence for Health System Reform, Global Lessons from National Experience, which will be hosted jointly by The Lancet and the Mexican Ministry of Health on the 4th to the 6th October in Mexico City. At the conference, the reform and its results will be presented in more detail with the aim of generating a set of policy options for middle to low income governments to consider as they face similar health challenges. Earlier, I spoke to John Pryor from the University of Minnesota about a research paper on the treatment of premature ejaculation. So, John, dipoxetine is a newly developed drug. Could you tell us a bit about the background as to why the drug was developed and how it works? Well, Premature ejaculation is a very common problem affecting approximately 21 to 33 percent of all men. And for some of these men, it's a real severe problem. But sadly, there's no specific treatment out there for these men. Some people try psychological therapy or behavioral modification. Other people will try topical agents like anesthetic agents. So if you do behavioral modification, for instance, if you stop going to therapy, oftentimes, in fact, typically, the premature ejaculation will recur. We know a side effect from SSRIs that uh, we can delay ejaculation, but none of these are specifically indicated for the treatment of premature ejaculation, and all of them have problems. And the problem with the SSRIs that are out there is that they're long-acting, and you typically have to take them every day to have a good result. And there are problems with doing that. There's side effects, there's interactions with other drugs. And there's a concern with SSRIs because they stay in your system a long time and they're more prone to having side effects because of that. So dipoxetine, basically, it is an SSRI or very similar to it and it's short-acting. 
and 95% of it is gone within 24 hours. So the thinking was, if SSRIs can delay ejaculation, why don't we have an SSRI that gets in quickly and gets out quickly? And that is how Depoxetine came to be. So could you describe how you conducted the study? Well, there were two separate studies that were conducted identically, and they were going on in parallel. And approximately 2,600 patients combined in both studies. And men who claimed that they had moderate or severe premature ejaculation were considered for the study. And they had to have had either personally marked distress uh, because of their premature ejaculation or their partner had to have marked distress. And they had to ejaculate shortly after penetration or even before penetration. And this could not be because of uh, opiate or other medications causing the problem. And there was a baseline, a two-week baseline, where we timed when they would have penetration or attempt penetration and when they would ejaculate with a stopwatch. And in 75% of the cases, they had to ejaculate less than two minutes. And we call that IELT. And it stands for Intravaginal Ejaculatory Latency Time. Once they got enrolled in the study, they were randomized to either placebo, 30 milligrams, or 60 milligrams of depoxetine. They had to keep a diary and have a stopwatch of when they had intercourse and time the event to determine the IELT. And then they also had to answer some secondary questions that we had, which included control over ejaculation and satisfaction with intercourse. And both the subject himself and also the partner had to answer the question about satisfaction. And what were the main findings? Well, the main findings were there is a placebo effect. Typically, the IELT from the placebo would be like around 0.9 minutes at baseline, and it would increase to 1.75 minutes uh, at the end of the study. But marked improvement on the 30 milligram and 60 milligram over placebo, it would go from under a minute, around 0.9 minutes, up to 2.78 minutes in the 30 milligram group. That's about a threefold increase. In the 60 milligram, it would go from 0.9 minutes to 3.32 minutes. That's close to a fourfold increase in the IELT. There's also an improvement in control over ejaculation and also in satisfaction with intercourse for both the subject and the partner. The other exciting thing is that the side effects were typically low for SSRI. There were very few people who dropped out of the study due to side effects. Most of the side effects were either gastrointestinal or CNS-related side effects like nausea. And people who had nausea, in most cases, it was considered to be mild nausea. There was very few sexual side effects, which is a concern with SSRIs, and there was no death, suicide, suicide attempts, or any suicide ideation, which are other concerns associated with SSRIs. Thank you very much, John. Finally, in a world report, Nellie Bristol reports on the funding requirements for Iraq's health system. Despite the chaos, lack of any proper infrastructure, and a crumbling health system, Iraq has managed to stave off major disease outbreaks during the past three years. But with funding from the U.S. Agency for International Development due to run out on September 30th, WHO's representative in Iraq, Naima al-Ghassir, is warning that the country's public health successes could be reversed if money is not made available to continue interventions. Linked to the World Report is a profile of Naima al-Ghassir. Trained as a nurse midwife in Lebanon during that country's civil war, al-Ghassir has worked in many crisis zones prior to taking on her current role in Iraq. She's previously worked in Lebanon, Yemen, Syria and the occupied Palestinian territories. Al-Ghassir says she's concerned that the international community remains so focused on day-to-day crises that it will overlook the long-term but no less desperate public health situation facing the country.
And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. See you next week.